0: Hey there! Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible with Dr. Freddie Coyle. Freddie is the president of Focus Evangelistic Ministries based in Danielsville, Georgia. Here he is now. Recently in the news, one of our Christian leaders has denied the faith using his Christian platform as a way to get the news out that he now has declared himself not a believer in the Bible or Jesus Christ or even God. His questions were so basic that anyone who studied the Bible for any amount of time in a solid church ought to have answers for this. We need to know our stuff about the Bible. One of the questions that he had that we have looked at is this, why did Jesus have to die? And that's a perfectly great question, but should a leader need to be asking that question Or rather not asking that question, just assuming that he doesn't have an answer for it. And because he doesn't have an answer, he goes ahead and just chucks everything that he thinks he ever had away to declare himself an atheist. So how would you handle that question if someone looked at you and said, why did Jesus even have to die A lot of people in our world today are are so totally shocked by death that in their misdefinition of truth, that being truth to me means what makes me feel good or what makes me feel better, that they've ruled out death. But you just can't do that because death is everywhere in our world, even in the story Of our Savior. But why did Jesus have to die? It's a good question. We just need to ask that question early on in our experience and not after being out there for 10 or 15 years in the ministry while that whole time not having a good foundation that we could ask other people to stand on. So let's look at this in the Bible. Why did Jesus have to die? Couldn't God, the Father, have just sort of leaned out of heaven and said, Hey, y'all, I love everybody, and we're just going to let it go. Could God just say, can't he, since he's the God that sits at the control panel of the universe, couldn't he just fix it? Couldn't he just say, I love everybody, everybody come on in. I know about the sin, but we're just going to forget that. In the name of love. Could God do that? Would God do that? Why not? Would you meet me in Genesis chapter 2? Genesis chapter 2, God has made the creation. He's now created man outside the garden. He made him. And then he's made Eve inside the garden. And he took Adam and stuck him now in the garden. You know the story. God gives Adam the teaching about what he can do and can't do. He gives him the garden, he invites him into the fruit of it, eat all the fruit, enjoy it. Adam even had responsibilities to take care of that garden, to guard it, to make it grow. But the one negative command came, verse 16, Genesis 2. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "...of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat." But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So God from the very beginning gave a command. Here's a negative command. Leave that alone. If you take it, it means consequence. What's the consequence? Death. So God from the beginning gave his word. The consequence of sin is going to be death. God at no time from then till now has ever changed his mind about that consequence. It's a death payment for our sin. Genesis chapter 3, if you'll flip the page. Man has now come to a solution with his own guilt in his sin. And that is, honey, you think you could stitch together some of those fig leaves? And so Adam now has clothed himself in fig leaves... And hiding from God, you felt it, right? This awful guilt that comes on, knowing full well that you've disobeyed God. And man has various solutions for his guilt feelings. Here's one. Just hide it. Just cover it up. So the fig leaves. God uh, disapproves and goes one better on Adam and Eve. He goes one better. He does a favor for them. He gives them something. But knowing God, he's always teaching something, huh? And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21, look what God did to give them something better than fig leaves. unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And so God took away the fig leaves, To give them leather jackets. Is that good? Is that good? Leather jackets now in the garden. But you know they don't grow leather jackets on trees. In order to get a leather jacket. You got to talk somebody out of his skin. And that would be an animal. So the first time that we know of. We have death in the garden. The first time we have a recorded death in the Bible. Something died to give Adam Leather jackets. Death is a penalty for sin. God has never forgotten it. That's what he goes by. And what he goes by matters. That's what we need to go by too. Or we'll end up in the end of it all in fundamental disagreement with God about how our sin gets paid, covered, and put away. In the pages of the Old Testament then, we had sacrificial lambs. There was so much blood being offered by sacrificial lambs. What was that about? Pictures, pictures, examples, samples, illustrations, all that God has never forgotten this. Maybe if we had a lot of animals being sacrificed today, it would help us to answer that question more easily for our children. If they could see death for sin. But this would have been the history of the children being raised in the Old Testament. Those animals are dying, honey, because of our sin. It wasn't the sin of animals. They are sacrificial, substitutionary lambs. It's not their sin for which they die. It's our sin. They were illustrations. It's when God went to the chalkboard and drew a picture for us to remind us all the time, the wages of sin is death. And for Moses, there was this great temple system started with a tabernacle and they had pieces of furniture and you would bring your lamb that would be the death for your family's sins a covering over it and they would bring that animal in into the the court and deeper and deeper into the bowels of that furniture and this building called the tabernacle and finally on one day of the year, and only one, the high priest would offer the blood of that sacrificial lamb, and he would go into this place called the Holy of Holies. That represents the presence of God, and you can't go there as a sinner, only blood that covers for you. The one exception to being able to go to the Holy of Holies would be the high priest once a year, and he would go in blood first, and he would approach this piece of furniture called the ark, a very special piece of furniture. It was watched over by two cherubims beaten from gold. It was the idea that angels are guarding what happens here between God and those people who bring the blood to stand between them and God. The top of that ark was called the mercy seat. The fancy definition is this, it's a place of expiation. In other words, this is where the dealing gets done. This is the, the court of exchange. And the angels watched over that mercy seat. They guarded the mercy seat. Whatever is offered there for the sins of these people must satisfy God who waits on the other side. And this is the way it was. This is the way it went as the blood came to that mercy seat and that's the way the children were trained one day God sent a final lamb that was his son Jesus Christ that's why they called him the lamb of God because he will do what those animals did but he would do it with a better blood a higher offering and God let us know in the book of Hebrews that he was never actually pleased with any blood ever offered by any animal but that he was pleased with the offering that Jesus, the Son of God, made. So pleased, Hebrews chapter 9, the writer of Hebrews, told us about how special it was when Jesus offered his blood, not in Moses' tabernacle, not in David's temple. No, no, that offering of blood by Jesus Christ after his death went to the tabernacle in heaven built by God, not man. Hebrews chapter 9, look with me at a verse here, verse number 12. Hebrews 9, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained what? Eternal redemption for us. Is that good news for you today? This is why Jesus died, because God was on the other side of the barrier. And there's no way that God will ever be satisfied or expiated except by the offering of the blood of a perfect sacrifice. And there was only one of those in the universe, the Son of God, very God himself. Many people wonder, why did Jesus take a body at Bethlehem? If you've always been God and you created all, why would you take a body? For this, that God had planned all along that God himself would be the lamb who dies. And if you're God and you're planning to die because you love those people so much, you'll need a body in which to die. So we have Bethlehem. To give Jesus Christ a human body, that he will die on the cross, that he will take his blood, what was left of it, and present it on that mercy seat in very heaven in front of God the Father. Look with me one chapter later, Hebrews 10, and verse number 6. Hebrews 10, verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. This is why we're not offering thousands and millions of lambs, bulls, goats, sometimes turtle doves now. Sacrifice has no place in the Christian faith today because our one sacrifice satisfied God so much there never need to be another. Is that good news for you today? And so he takes away the first that he may establish the second. And so we talk about Jesus Christ dying on the cross, rising from that dead a lot. And we should because we could never... We could never talk about that Lamb of God dying, giving his blood to satisfy God over the price of our sin too much. By the which will, verse 10, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Look, once for all. Is that good news? Is that good? Is that good? If we could ever, never forget, God even gave us a special way. We call it communion, the Lord's Supper A way that we could use simple little elements that we could remember and not forget the offering of the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Look with me, Romans chapter 5 over to the left. You might hold a finger in Hebrews, we'll be back to finish it off. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. This is the heart meat of the watermelon of God's revelation about what he did and why Jesus had to die. Romans 5 now In verse number eight, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the hammer of God's justice fell on Jesus Christ. And when he died and offered his blood, God the Father was forever satisfied with the payment for our sin. Thanks again for joining us for Focus on the Bible. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find out more about our ministries at www.freddycoyle.org. If you would like to send a donation to support this ministry or to reach Freddie with a question or scheduling request, please write to FOCUS, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. We appreciate your support of this ministry and we hope you'll join us again for Focus on the Bible.